God this morning. Harris and our PNG friends, welcome to church. We Come on. Look, my church, they're already, they're, they're getting a little practice early. Look, PNG, y'all going to have to help us out. I, I threatened them last week. I, I told them, I said, listen, if y'all don't amen, I'm bringing a hanky and it's going to come out and I'm just going to embarrass you. <laughs> Guys, it's exciting to be in the house of God. If you're new here this morning, we've got two churches coming together. It is exciting to come together because where people dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing. When the people of God dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing. Isn't that just amazing? Come on. I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer. I'm going to invite Pastor Shannon and New Generation to come on up and, and join me up here. Pastor, if you'll come on up, we've got their worship team going to be joining us. Guys, y'all uh, go ahead. Let's give a big hand clap for the Lord and for what they're going to be doing here. Come on. Stand with me if you will, church. Come on. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. The opportunity, Lord God, to dwell together in unity. To come together, Father, as you created and formed and fashioned us. The body of Christ. One body, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to dwell together, Lord God, with the purpose and the intent of lifting up your name. Father, of giving you praise this morning, of exalting you for who you are, Lord God, not for what you're going to do in our lives, but just, just for who you are. Father, let your name be glorified. Let your son be lifted up in this place this morning as we praise and glorify you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor Shannon, I'm going to turn it over to you, sir. Amen, amen, amen. You guys hear me? Amen. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Come on, put your hands together. Now, now, now wait a minute. I didn't say give me a hand clap of praise. I said give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If God has been good to you, Man, you ought to show some signs. You ought to make a little bit of noise. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Amen. Can we make a joyful noise this morning? All right. Listen. Y'all don't make, don't make this hard this morning. Look at your name. We need to do our hallelujah check. We do know that hallelujah is the highest praise. How many of you know what the highest praise is? Hallelujah, right? So turn to your neighbor and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Turn to your other neighbor and say hallelujah. If they don't say anything back, you need to let them know that this is the noisy section, that God has been good to me, and I'm going to make noise this morning because he's been so good to me. Amen? Amen. Now, we, we kind of just go with the flow. This Okay, we got a different look here. This is way different. We're going to work with it, though. We're going to go old school this morning. And, 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 and I'm going to teach you a song real quick. We're going to sing about three songs like back to back to back, right? And we're going to go back. Can we do that, Tony? All right. Tony's going to go back further than he even knows he's going back this morning. I want you all to repeat after me. Since I laid my burdens down. Y'all say that. 
Since I laid my burdens down. Y'all got that? That's the whole song. <laughs> so when I stop talking, you say, since I laid my Okay, that, that's the first part of the song. Do y'all remember the little song that said, This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, y'all got it now. That's good stuff. And the next song we're gonna do is, uh, uh, what, uh, what is it? Uh, let me think. No, not victory. Uh, what's the one about, uh, uh, I'm on the battlefield? Oh, yeah, this is a good one, yeah. All right, here we go. This is the third song. We're going to add it in there, too. And we're going to say, um, I am on the battlefield. And y'all going to say, for my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And I promise, and I promised him that I, I would serve him. I would serve till I die. I am on the battlefield. Oh, that's beautiful. And then the last part, we're going to have a real good time with that. Y'all ready? You ready, boss? Oh, is that the right key? Glory, glory. Glory, glory. Everybody put their hands together. Since I laid my, since I laid, I laid my burden. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Since I laid my, I laid my burden. Oh, that's good. Glory, glory. Here we go. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I laid my So much better, so much since I laid my I laid my burden. I feel better, I feel so much better, so much better since I laid my I laid my Now tell somebody I'm going home to live with Jesus. I'm going home to live with Jesus. Since I laid my, since I laid my, I laid my bed, I'm going home, live with Jesus. Since I laid my, I laid my, oh, I am on the battlefield for my Lord. Serve him till I die. I am on 
Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good in your mercy and it forever. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together, everybody. This is one week. Come on, everybody, put your hands together. Come on, everybody, let me hear you. Come on. Everybody, put your hands together. Here we go. Blake, you sound good this morning. Come on, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Come on. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Come on. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. I know you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. 
Come on, come on, here we go, here we go. People from every nation. Hallelujah. How many of you worship him this morning for who he is? Amen. Amen. Do we have any choir members that showed up from PNG late? Any of y'all show up late that need to come up? I'm looking around. Yeah, come out, come out wherever you are. Y'all remember the Wizard of Oz? When the good what was it, Good Witch of the North Glinda? Showed up. She said, come out, come out. Wherever you are, at least two of y'all, come on up, sis. <laughs> Mama, you all right? You not okay? You, are you good enough to sing? You sure? Is this your last one? Okay. We, we're about to go to church, y'all. If y'all, can we go to church one time? I'm going to... This is my mother. Y'all, 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 give my mother a hand. Listen, this is a lady that drug us to church. Any of y'all, I was drugged as a child. Drugged. Drugged to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Three o'clock service, six o'clock service, Monday service, Tuesday service. 
Amen. Thank God for Mama. So, Mama, will you sing your song, and then we're going to get out of the way? All right. And you got to be out front.
You good? Amen. Anybody in here really, really love the Lord this morning? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Praise the Lord. Man, this is what I call Kingdom Church. You guys know what I'm talking about? Kingdom Church. Kingdom Church happens because you got kingdom-minded pastors and kingdom-minded folks who all just want to follow the king. And I, and I am excited to be here this morning. You may be seated. You probably, I know the folks in my church need some rest. So, um, so and that's all right. You can, you, can, you can be seated. We want to welcome everyone. Welcome especially, again, a very special welcome to our friends, our family from P&G. Uh, getting together again, this is, uh, this is, this is the stuff, man. God, God is, uh, God is excited. He may be the, more, the person more excited than me and more excited than us this morning, that this is just beautiful. It's so good to be together and, and together again, you know, that this thing is still going and growing and welcome to you. If you're a guest today. You got lucky. You landed in the right spot at the right time. Um, and welcome to you. If you are a guest here with us at CF Paris today, we'd love to connect with you. You can fill out one of the cards on the back of the seat. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward while we continue to do that. Just thankful for what's been going on. How many of you were at Gospel Night on the Plaza this week? Right? All right. Now, how many of you weren't? That's all right. That's, uh, pray with me, if you will, for the offering. We'll talk just a little bit. Father God, we thank you so much. We want to continue to praise and worship you in our hearts the way that we have. Thank you for what you have given. Thank you for what you have blessed us with. God, we love you. We continue to worship and praise. Give to you, God, so that you may continue to do your work, build your kingdom, and exalt the name of Jesus in our community. In his name we pray, amen, amen. If you are a guest today, you do not please do not feel obligated to give. We continue to give as part of our worship here at CF Paris. I know a lot of our PNG family are regularly giving at their church too as well. And we just thank you, all of you, as you give to the work of the church for the kingdom in our community. Thank you so much for that. Gospel night at the plaza was beautiful. I'm gonna just gonna say it. I can't wait until we do it again. Cannot wait. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful, beautiful night. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell a little bit of a story. It was fun. I told Pastor Shannon this yesterday. One of my very favorite moments, I was up at the front with the pastors near the end, and Pastor Shannon started talking about people asking if we could do this again. Can we do it again? And you know, and there was a lot of there was a lot of applause from the crowd. And and then he said the phrase, he said, Can we roll this back? And I saw fear appear in the eyes of a lot of people who I knew could tell, is he going to, are we starting over again? Is, a, is it, we're going to be here all night. And, uh, but no, he's like, can we do it again? And, and just, I was really excited about the response. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful night. It was a kingdom night. And it was wonderful. Thank you to those of you who came. Thank you to those of you who give to help make things like that possible. Thank you for continuing to, thank you for praying for that night. It was great, and I'm sure it'll be even greater next time. We got a few announcements we want to do on our video. 
video announcements coming up, and then we'll be hearing from Pastor Corey as he comes to share a word from the Lord. Thank you again for being here with us today. God bless you guys. Paris and our PNG friends, welcome to church. We are so glad you're here today. We've got a few announcements for you. First up, this past Wednesday we had the Gospel Night on the Plaza and it was so awesome. Thank you to everyone who came out. Thank you to everyone who put that on. It was such a success. It was so awesome to see people from different ministries and different churches come together just to worship. It was incredible. All right, see if students, this Wednesday you guys are going to have an awesome lake day. So 5 o'clock you meet out at Pat Bay's Lake at the Kiwanis campsite, there's going to be food, uh, boats, all sorts of fun things. See if kids and see if littles. Two weeks, the last Sunday of the month, we are having Move Up Sunday. This is the day where we move everyone to their next grade that they're going into. So our kinders go to first, our first go to second. My preschoolers are going to go to kindergarten. So we're super excited. We have lots of fun ideas. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. See <laughs> you later. That's all we got. Bye, y'all. Oh, man. It is exciting to be up here today. Man, Pastor Shannon, the worship team, Brother Tony over here. And, man, give them another hand, guys. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to allow you guys to not stare over my shoulder, um, go right over here, but I'm going to, I'm going to have you come back up at the end. I'm pretty sure I was talking to Pastor Shannon. I, I want you guys to be ready if you don't mind. Thank you guys. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I said I'm excited. I, I, uh, I've been doing a series over the last three weeks. This will be week four. And we've entitled it called Be Blessed. Uh, and, and I started this with intent, with purpose, uh, because I truly feel blessed. Uh, going into a little bit of house notes for my own people here, one of the reasons that, that we went into this series was because the leadership here, as well as my overseer, the apostle of this church, as well as my pastor, Ron Corzine, thought it best after me and Melissa had served for 10 years here to offer up a sabbatical. Whoo, I tell you what, I didn't know what that was, but I am really excited about it now. Look, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw this out there, even though this is a, this is a personal house note, man, my people have blessed me with this. I encourage P&G, guys, man, y'all pray about and consider the opportunity to give your pastor the opportunity just to seek God in refreshment away from, away from this. Look, this is work. For you, this is, this is where you receive. For us, this is where we, we pour out. Your pastor pours his heart out. 
I, I encourage y'all, man. It's, it, I'm truly blessed, uh, again, for our folks next week. Ron Corzine is going to be here. Me and Melissa are still going to be here. Our family will still be here. But next week is like a, a send-off for our sabbatical. And please, y'all come back. Y'all enjoy the, just the opportunity to be a blessing as well as receive a blessing. So guys, come on. Y'all give another hand clap to the Lord. Um, so I, I truly believe that this message today is from God. And, and I truly believe that it's to ignite and to encourage the body of Christ. I, I think, though, that we need to truly hear his word. And to hear his word, a lot of times what happens is, is we're boastful, arrogant, and think that we don't need it. Or on the other side, we're haughty and proud and think that we already got it. I believe if we hear his word, God would cause his church to rise up, to stand firmly upon the rock that cannot be shaken, that cannot be moved. Let's start with the word of God. Y'all stand with me as we read Matthew chapter 5. Come on. In Matthew 5, Jesus, Jesus is speaking, and we start off in verse 1. It says this. When Jesus saw the crowds, he climbed up on a mountainside and sat down. Those who wanted to learn climbed with him, and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. Bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father. I thank you so much for your word, the rock that we can stand on today, Lord Jesus, the rock that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do pray even now, Lord God, that you would open up our hearts, our ears, our eyes, Father, to truly receive and hear your word this morning. Tear down any walls, any hindrances, Father, that would hinder your word from just being received, Lord God. Tear down any walls, Lord God, that would hinder us from truly walking in being blessed. God, we thank you for your word, your truth, for your son, for Calvary's cross. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Come on, y'all go ahead and be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, welcome today. And then say, my pastor's normally not like this. Look, this, this uh, man, I, I, I toiled, talking about the Wizard of Oz, toiled over this message. This isn't a typical feel-good message. Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> Look, it, it really is, well, it, it's one that I pray that you take to heart, because, because I'm believing for a people that want to see blessing poured out 
They want to see blessing poured out, not just on their lives, but on his people. And with that, they then desire to be the hands and the feet of the very one who sent us to serve. And they'll do it just to get it. The blessing. But from the very beginning of creation, from the very beginning of humanity, there's, there's been this one question that we have fought against. Struggled with the simple question of God's way or my way. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, they looked on the fruit, knowing full well that God had said, don't. They looked on it, and listen, Scripture even says they saw that it was good. It looked enticing. It looked like a blessing, so much so that what they did is they thought, you know what, I know how to get what it is that God's trying to give us without God having to give it to us. And to this day, that's exactly how simple sin is. Sin is just simply your choice in thinking that you know better than God. It's your choice every day to say, God, I know you said, but I think that. So from the very beginning of time, we wrestled with the very question of God's way or my way. It worked on Adam and Eve, and humanity didn't learn its lesson. The Israelites, the Israelites, go, they got so bad that, uh, that God had to send the Ten Commandments. God had to send the Ten Commandments for the purpose of restoring relationship. Hear that, because that is so important, and it's exactly what the Israelites missed. God sent the Ten Commandments to restore relationship. The Israelites took it as an opportunity to measure themselves against others. And once again, we made it all about self. God's way or my way? Well, look at how well I can uphold this. I'm obviously better than you, so then. But if you look at the Ten Commandments, half of them, half of them are your relationship to God. The other half are your relationship to each other. So God was trying to restore relationship, and yet the Israelites missed it. They got all super religious, while at the same time completely self-absorbed, inward focused, using the commandments as a litmus test to gauge their own righteousness over other people, a lot like we tend to do today. Come on. God all the while is saying, look, you're, you're missing the point. The point is relationship. The point is relationship. So Jesus, Jesus comes along and Jesus summarizes the Ten Commandments. He summarizes the Ten Commandments with the Beatitudes, giving us the qualities of people who would be blessed, people who would inherit the kingdom of God. These are the qualities of, while the Ten Commandments are what you must do, the Beatitudes are all about how you do it. Jesus was coming right back to the point. Not the point of the Ten Commandments and the structure and the law, the point of God creating humanity. Relationship. 
So Jesus says, you've learned the Ten Commandments, you've added another 600 plus. Uh, Good on you, good for you, but it's not getting you to heaven. It's not getting you anywhere. This is how you do it. You see, the Beatitudes are an invitation to draw close to God by loving others. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. You see, the Beatitudes are all about a posture of humility. It's choosing God's way even over what we think looks better. Because come on, look, mourning doesn't look better. Poor in spirit? No, I don't want it. Merciful? Mm, If you deserve it. The meek? Ah, They get squashed. Come on, peacemakers? Takes two. And if you ain't willing to work, I ain't going to try. Oh, man. We'll do that, and yet we'll uphold the Ten Commandments. Walk into church on a Sunday and say, ooh, I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm set apart. When all the while God's saying, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. To the world, but to the world... Blessed looks like being served. When we say the word be blessed, in your mind, you immediately go somewhere. And typically, typically what it is, it's, it's, it's that $875 million lottery ticket that you know God wants to bless you with. <laughs> Lord, you know the ministries that I would start for you. But look here, Scripture doesn't say that they'll see God because of the cool things you have. Scripture says that they will know him by your fruit. They, the world, the people that you live among, your friends, your neighbors, the people you work with, your enemies. They are going to see God because of your fruit. If you don't have fruit, they don't see God. The God they see will be because of the fruit you bear. You see, the fruit, what we don't understand is the fruit is the blessing. Now, we know the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But each one of those are the blessing. And yet every single one of those is something that we look to God and say, God, I, I see your way, but, but I can pursue love my way. I can pursue joy. God, I'm not happy right now. I don't feel good, so I'm going to pursue it my way because, because you're obviously not making me feel good. You see, the fruits of the Spirit aren't something that you strive to attain. They're blessings from God that can only be found in loving him by loving others. 
Yet time and time again, we keep choosing what we think is best over what God says. This is what you should do. We've redefined blessed thinking it's something that we can pursue, something we find on our own. And in the process, what we've done is dumbed down the word Christian. 80% of America currently thinks that they're a Christian. Yet scripture says they will know him by your fruit. Understand, if you want to be blessed, your life is going to look different than your neighbor's. It's up to you and me to be the difference. They can't see the same and see God. If they don't have God and you're identical to them, they can't see God because what well, you ain't showing it. Your life has got to be different. We can't just say we're Christians. We must actually live our lives centered on Christ. Ooh, amen. So let it be. If your life is centered on Christ, do you, I mean, do you hear what that means? That's everything. That's every aspect. That's every waking moment. That's, that's recognizing and realizing every blessing you have is from God. That's waking up in the morning and thanking him for the day. That's acknowledging his presence even through the mess. That's waking up tomorrow when it's not unicorns and rainbows and saying glory to God, hallelujah, you're still to be praised. In other words, in other words, Jesus isn't just a convenient part of your life. God can't be a convenient part of your life, some, some sort of slot machine that you, you feed your dollar in when you need it. That's not who God is. God wants to be in relationship. He wants to dwell together with you, to walk with you. And to do so, he tells you to walk with others. Oh, but I don't like others. Man, if God truly is the center of our lives, if, if Jesus is our everything, then our lives are going to look different. There's going to be evidence to those that look on. Our, our values will be different. The way we raise our children will be different. The way we use our resources, that's our time and our money, it's going to be different than what the world sees. The way we treat people will be different. Because Jesus isn't just a part of our life, he is our life. Now, here's the meat of my message right here. I'm getting to the point. I'm going to get to this one thing, and this is just going to totally enlighten your life. <laughs> Hear me. If you're doing all that, if, you, if you're living is with, with Christ as your sinner, if you're living for him wholeheartedly, you're given a scriptural guarantee. You're given a guarantee by scripture that if you live wholeheartedly for God, in part, in part, it's that you will be blessed. Ooh, come on. 
See, the problem comes when we think the blessing comes in the form of a pay raise or a new car. Hmm. The problem comes when we think that the blessing is going to be in what the world tells us or what even we think looks good. The guarantee, the guarantee, the blessing, the blessing is that you will be persecuted. Ooh, hallelujah. Welcome to church. Y'all thought I was going to bring a really uplifting and light message today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Matthew 5.10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, look, and maybe, maybe Jesus stuttered. Maybe, maybe Matthew just didn't get it right when he wrote it. So let's jump over to John. John 15, verse 18 through 20. Jesus again says this. He says, if the world hates you, guess what? Keep in mind, it hated me first. Now, look, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world. I've chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. And then look, what does he say? If they persecuted me, they will also persecute man. Mm. God, I don't like that bit. If you're living for his way, you need to understand that people will mock you. They will make fun of you. They will ridicule you. Think about the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. As the psalmist writes, that's a, that's a moment where even if you were in the middle of the desert and your body needed nothing more than water just to quench your tongue, you still would crave him more than you craved the water that you needed to survive. Here's the problem. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness in an unrighteous world, they're going to mock you. All right, well, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. If you're trying to live with a pure heart in a world that idolizes impurity, they're going to ridicule you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called children of God. Come on, now look, if... If someone strikes you and you turn the other cheek, if, if you go the extra mile for someone that won't even give you one, like the world's going to look on you and they're not going to know what to say. Like that doesn't make sense to them. Like you're, 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 being, you're being a doormat. What are, you, what are you doing? If you forgive, especially that which seems unforgivable, there's no definition that the world has for that. They don't get it. They don't understand. And, and Jesus very, very clearly says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he even expounds on it just a bit, saying, blessed are you when people insult you. 
Blessed are you when they persecute you. Blessed are you when they say all kinds of evil falsely against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. I, uh, I had the privilege, for what it's worth, of, of earlier this year being named the favorite pastor by this one particular newspaper. Within a week, <laughs> I had to make some choices here in the church that, man, were horrid. And I had people, after, after what most would consider the blessing of God, ooh, pastor, you're number one. Yeah, man, look, they, they like you. And very next week, I had people come, coming to my face to tell me how bad I've missed God. To tell me how this church was just going to fall apart because I'm not who I used to be. And, and now I don't even see God like I used to be. I don't show God like I used to be. And, and look, you follow God and, and even people in their good intent with, with what they think is righteousness, with the right heart, they're going to come to you and try and destroy you. Here's the great thing. It doesn't necessarily happen just because you're doing wrong. Things may not be going right because you are doing what is right. If Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted, then guess what? You may be doing what's right and still not be given what's right. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for right living, for doing the right thing. In fact, the very first time that we see persecution in the Bible... Cain and Abel. It wasn't because Abel did anything wrong. In fact, his heart toward God was completely pure. It was right. And Abel's righteousness created, if you will, or, or, or Cain allowed for this God's way or my way to get in the way of what God wanted for him and so started looking around saying, I don't like that Abel's blessed, I'm working for blessing, I'm striving for blessing and continued to try and do it on his own, bringing his offering before God saying, why don't you bless me? It was about the relationship. Cain was doing it for the blessing, Abel was doing it for the relationship. And I got to clarify, because when I say Cain was doing it for the blessing, he wasn't doing it for God's blessing. See, that's the problem. We, we so easily flip it. Cain was doing it for what he could get out of it. His own sin, his own choices convicted him, and he got angry, probably, probably mad at himself. But ended up lashing out, killing his own brother. Not because his brother did anything wrong, but because his brother did everything right. Our, uh, our building here, 3410 North Main, we, we have a, a scripture that, that I, I feel that God showed me when, when I found out that this was our address, and it's Exodus 3410. And in it, it says this. The people you live among will see the awesome work that I, the Lord, will do for you. 
I think so many times, even speaking to my people here, our, our church, listen, I think a lot of times the body of Christ is a whole, but we especially have the tendency to read a verse like this, here we will see the awesome work that God will do, and our mind immediately goes to, man, I wonder how much bigger the building's going to be. I wonder what kind of new sound system that, that that means. If, if God's going to do an awesome work, I wonder how many the crowds and the lights and what it's all going to be. You see, we get excited about the awesome things we'll see, we'll see thinking, thinking it's, it's something bigger, something better. A newer whatever. But again, like, people aren't going to see your big house and know God. People aren't going to see your fancy car and know God. To be blessed is choosing what God says is best over what the world says is best. So listen here, church. Look, that means then if you're living for him that you're going to have different values than the world. Maybe you're crazy enough, maybe you're crazy enough to believe that Sunday mornings are, are God's time. And that even though you can regularly get the kids out of bed, not during the summer, but during the school year, by 6.30 on a Sunday morning, man, getting them to church by 8 is impossible. But, but the 10 o'clock, the 11 o'clock, ah, no, I probably still can't make it because I'm just tired. You see, in the world will tell you, if you go, why, why are you giving up your weekends? Why would you give up your me time? Or worse, maybe, maybe, you, think that, maybe you think that your five-year-old is, is not going to make the pros if they're not playing tournaments over the weekend. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some, some Sunday morning time with God is much more important for your five-year-old, for your 10-year-old, for your 15-year-old, for your 20-year-old, 25, 30, 35, 40, all the way up. <laughs> it's better. The world will make fun of you. There's always spiritual opposition to right living. If you're Christ-centered, you will be persecuted for your faith. Look, I, I, we, we, why don't we just expect it? Jesus said, blessed are you when you're persecuted, and yet when persecution comes, we go, why? But God, I've been faithful. 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul said this, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, God bless you, Paul. I didn't like that scripture either. <laughs> Look, if you want to follow Christ, you will be persecuted. Expect it. If you want to be blessed, ooh, listen, if you want to be blessed, your life is going to be different. And people will not understand what you are doing. They will criticize you. They may not invite you to parties. It may even be family that doesn't invite you to parties. Your friends may start to get a little uneasy when you ask if you can pray. 
Like right here? Like you want to do that? Whatever it may be, look, they may make fun of you. It's just a part of following Christ. It's just a part of following Christ. So whatever that looks like in your life, whatever God convicts you to do, do it and expect persecution. We're Christ-centered and people are going to make fun of you for it. All right, now hear me. Because this is super important because I think the tendency is for us to get very religious. Just because we expect persecution, it doesn't mean that we create persecution. Again, that's what the Israelites did with the Ten Commandments. It's exactly what the Israelites did with the Ten Commandments. No, 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 no. We expect persecution because the world doesn't get it. But it's our job to reach out and help them understand. Now, if we're expecting persecution, then doesn't it make sense that you and I should take the time to learn to endure persecution? Have you ever taken the time just to endure the persecution you're going through? Or is your cry to God, God, take me out of this, when all the while God is saying, you ain't learning. Look, this is the opposite way of the way the world thinks. When we're persecuted, we endure it. We don't whine about it. We don't cry about it. Don't gripe about it. We Take it like the man or the woman of God that you are. The man or the woman of God that he sees that you are. Ooh, come on. You see, when people make fun of you because you have different values, you, you take it. You endure it. When God calls you to get out of debt, and all of a sudden your friends are laughing at the car you drive, oh, man, endure it. <laughs> If God calls you to something, there's going to be persecution because the world's not going to get it. But as you do, God is doing something inside of you. This is where the blessing comes to fruition. God wants to do a work inside of you. When you endure persecution, your spiritual roots grow deeper. I, I, had the, I had the privilege, my wife and I, were, we were blessed with a trip out to, to Napa, to wine country. Ah, get over it. <laughs> I'm talking to a, it, it, was a, it was a sommelier winemaker, he knew his stuff. <laughs> I did not. Um, but he started talking about the vines and how if those roots don't struggle to get the vines in California, for the best wines, they grow over 30 feet down, breaking through rock, solid rock, to get down to the water that's down below. And what the guy said, he said, any grapevine that doesn't have to toil, that doesn't have to work, that doesn't have to put its roots in, that doesn't have to grow through a struggle, will not produce good wine. Ooh, man. You endure persecution. Your intimacy with Christ increases. Your spiritual resolve is strengthened. It solidifies the decision 
God starts to grow roots from inside, whereas before you were allowing the root of bitterness to take hold, whereas before you were allowing the root of envy to take a hold, when all of a sudden you start to recognize that you're called to bless others and that's how the blessing is then received, in that moment, those roots start to tear and break through all those other ugly roots, busting them up, grinding them out, moving them out. But it hurts. It's persecution. Like, we wouldn't call it persecution if it felt good. Better, better don't just endure it. Uh, what we need to learn to do is embrace it. Peter was talking to a, uh, to a group of Christians. And, and look, man, <laughs> he's writing to these Christians, and, and these Christians at this time, they were suffering. And when I say they're suffering, our minds think, ooh, I can relate. But, like, if you said you were Christian, you were thrown in jail. And, and if you still wouldn't renounce Christ, they'd just throw you into the lions. Say, hey, let's have a fun party and invite the lions and the Christians, and we'll all stand around and watch what happens. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a little bit more persecuted than I've been lately. There's people to this day that live, man, a lot of more persecuted than anything we could even begin to imagine or think. So Paul or Peter, Peter's writing to this group and he says this in, in 1 Peter 4.12, he says, Dear friends, do, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though some strange thing were happening to you. Like, don't look at the persecution and go, What? Why, God? Don't do it. No, instead, rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Why? Why? So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Not what you want to be revealed, but his glory in your life revealed to those around you. In verse 16, he continues, he says, However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Amen. You're clapping in agreement, but that, that means you know what's coming. When people make fun of you, you praise God because, because you bear his name. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for that. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now look, again, oh, it's so easy. It's so easy to take a scripture like that and to say something like, well, they don't like me because I'm a Christian. Because I'm better, I'm going to heaven, so they can all just go to hell. Hear the heart. Hear the heart. If you're enduring persecution from somebody, if you're embracing persecution from somebody, that very well may mean that you have to love that somebody. So don't ever worry when you're being persecuted for righteousness. 
In fact, I, I dare say the only time you should worry is, is if you're not being persecuted. Look, if you're not, as lovingly as I can, you may just be a Christian in name only. I love you. <laughs> Come on, look. If there's no persecution in your life, there's a probability that you're not living Christ-centered. You see, you and I need to be about Jesus. We need to be about his kingdom. We need to be about his purpose. We need to be about his glory. We need to be about making a difference in this world. And you need to know when you're about him, you will be persecuted. So don't worry, don't worry when when you aren't or when you are. Uh, rather, worry when you aren't. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. That means you don't get to strike back. That, that means you don't get to get angry. That means you don't get to get defensive. That means you, you love. And after you've done that, that means you love again. And after you've done that, that means you love again. And I, I, I pray you hear me. This isn't some sort of, I, I don't want people to take a message like this and, and hear that, that if you're in a relationship that somehow is, 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 is uh, ungodly, that you have to endure or embrace. You can love somebody and, and you can not allow. Ah. I, again, I pray you hear my heart. You will be persecuted. We don't create persecution. We don't, we don't look for persecution, but we expect persecution. And when it comes, we, we recognize that that individual, man, they're, they're dealing with the same very questions that, that we deal with, although we now know that there is a God because, because it was revealed to us through somebody else who, who cared enough to love, who cared enough to show. And when you do that, you start reaching out to those, reaching out to them, even though they persecute you. You show them love. You show them who God really is, not who you think is best. Oh, because I've, I've gotten into some situations where I know I should show somebody what's best. Come on. There's a little bit of me that likes to rise up a little bit. Get a little excited and, and say, uh-uh, 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 you don't get to do me that way. And then I remember how many times I do God the same. Man, come on. Extend grace, extend mercy. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. I'm going to invite Pastor Shannon and Tony and the guys to come on up as I close out. I'm going to reread the Beatitudes, guys, and then I'm going to pray over us. There's something powerful, again, about brethren dwelling together in unity. About you and I as, as the body of Christ coming together. As the team is making their way up. Um, guys, look, this is, I think they can hear me. I've got a, a TV back there. Can you hear me? What the? 
<laughs> Look, uh, man, I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to come in with, with some sort of uplifting message to end this all off, and, and truly, I, I, I can't think of a better way to leave you with a message that says, I want you to be blessed. Because look, the favor of God, the blessings of God, God wants to pour out. He says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God wants that you would be excited about what he wants for you, the relationship that he has for you. But all too often what we do is we make it about what we think is best. Well, God's not showing up on time. God's not showing up when I need him to. God's not showing up how I need him to. And so, and so I'm going to do it this way. I'm going I'm to help God out in this situation. Humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, and when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Come on, church, stand with me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. We're not going to settle for being average. We're not going to settle for being a status quo Christian. We're not going to settle for the norm. It's up to you and I. It's the choices that we make today. It's up to you and I to show this world who God is. Has he changed your life? Come on, has he changed your life? Has God changed your life? If you can't rejoice at that, you may need to reconsider if God is working in you. God changes things. He changes things. That's what he does from the very beginning of time to now. He's creating, he's molding, he's shaping. And all the while we fight against it. Why? He's the creator and he tells you, I know what's best. I created you. I know what's best for you. Oh, but we love to get ourselves involved. It's just me, myself, and I. Oh, man. We mess it up every time. Every time. We're not called to settle for being average. Because God has called you, God has called me, God has called us together to something so much bigger. God has called us something so much more than, than what this world has to offer. He's called us to greatness. He's called us to blessing. He's called us to life in him. It's loving him by loving others, by serving others. 
We serve as we've been served. That, that was with undeserved grace. It was with overwhelming mercy. And so because of that, we're Christ-centered in all we do. But church, I pray, I pray, I pray that you receive a blessing today. I pray you seek him wholeheartedly. And I pray that as you trust in him, that you would allow others to see him in you, in your life. That's a blessing. That's inspiring others to live and believe like the gospel changes everything. Inspire others to live and believe like the gospel changes everything. And they will see the awesome work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads. We thank you so much for your word, for your truth, for what you're doing right here in this place. God, I pray that your spirit would minister even here, right now, Lord God, even to hearts, Lord Jesus, that that have put up walls. Father, that, that the proud would tear down theirs and, and the arrogant, Lord God, would see as well their need. I pray that even now, Lord, that you would lead our minds to, to be conformed to the image of Christ, that daily, Father, our choices would be guided by your word. Father, that we would understand that to be led by your word, we have to understand, we have to read, we have to dive into your word. God, I pray that you would create in us a clean heart, a right spirit. Convict us, Lord God, to to fall more in love with you. And in doing so, Lord God, to show a world a love that's so much bigger than anything we can even begin to describe. Not just a part of our life, Lord, but the center of who we are. God, I thank you for your blessings. Though they don't come like the world shows, like the world wants, like the world says is best, Lord God, even sometimes like what I think I need, I thank you for your word, your truth, for your blessings. It's in the name of your son I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor Shannon, would y'all close this out with a with a worship? Come on, church. Let's give Pastor Corey a great hand clap and praise for allowing God to use it. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, this was the word for today because this morning we came from John chapter 3, verse 30. Eight o'clock service, we talked about. He must increase, and I must decrease. This is, what we, this is the message for today, PNG, CF. I want to tell you a little story. If you, if you got to go, go. But this is a little uh, kind of a bedtime story. But there was, there was an old man who was persecuted in the church. But he found somewhere that he could sing his song. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, listen. There was a little church that sat down in the woods, y'all. And at this church, they had a choir 
that could sing real well. Thank you, Jesus. But there was an old deacon there that always sat in the corner. And every Sunday morning, he would go to the choir director and say, I got a song that I want to sing. Would you please let me sing my song? Can I sing a song that the Lord placed on my heart? But you know what? That choir director told him, he said, oh man, you're too old to sing in this choir. You know what he told him? He said, oh man, you have a trembling in your voice and we just can't use you. How many of y'all know that sometimes, sometimes when you get old, young folks will just push you aside. How many of y'all feel like that sometimes? But that old man, he didn't get upset like I would have. He just went back to his seat and he sat down. And he thought about how good the Lord had been to him. Where the story goes, y'all, that next Sunday morning, that old deacon wasn't sitting in the corner. And a week passed. And that next Sunday morning, that old deacon still wasn't sitting in the corner. Another week passed. And that next, that next, that next, that next, that next, that next, that next Sunday morning, that old man still wasn't there. Then finally, people began to ask questions about that old deacon. Somebody said, have you seen that old man? Somebody said, have you heard from that old man? But about that time, that old man's nephew walked through the doors of the church. And he began to speak to the people in the congregation. And he told them, my uncle has been sick for three long weeks. Nobody called to check on him. Nobody came by to pray with him. Nobody came by to see him. But I just came by to let y'all know that early this morning, the Lord came by and he took him on home. Then all the people in the church began to reflect on how they had treated that old man. That choir director began to think about the fact that he wouldn't let that old man sing. People began to think about the fact that they used to laugh at the old dusty suits that he used to wear and the run over shoes that he used to wear. Then someone in the congregation said, Shh, I hear a voice coming from heaven way. And it sounds like that old deacon that always sits in the corner. 
it sounds just like that old man that always wants to sing his song. Now see at Paris, if y'all don't mind, P&G, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to ask Tony to tell y'all what that old man said. Do y'all want to know what that old man said? Come on, tell him. Tony, tell him what that old man said. I found me a choir that will let me sing. You know what he said? I'm singing in the heavenly You know what he said, I'm singing, I'm singing, singing in. 